This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Wow, 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 wow. What a night. I feel so much better about America, our future. I am relieved. I am relieved that it looks like sanity will prevail in the USA. For a while there, I don't know. I was, I got a little nervous, but this is great. This is great. Look at these superstars, okay? Uh, New Jersey hasn't been called yet. On the left there, that's Cedarelli, the Republican. He might make it in the middle. Winsome Sears, I hadn't heard about her until recently. She's the new superstar lieutenant governor of Virginia. And of course, Glenn Youngkin, he won it outright. He is the governor-elect of Virginia. Here's what I think happened. Lots of people have been analyzing this, but you know, we're used to politicians saying horrible things about each other, all right? That happens all the time. You're a racist, you're a tax cheat, you slept with the waitress, whatever you did. That happens in politics for a long time. But lately, what the left has been doing, they've been talking about the people. They have been maligning the people, and that's where they went way too far, okay? You can't do that, and we know we're good people. We know that this is a good country, and they were trying to rattle our cage and say, no, you're not good people, and no, you're not a good country. We are, and we are. I give so much credit to uh, the moms and dads across the country who spoke out so boldly at those school board meetings. They were, they were obviously fantastic, and the left loved to make fun of them and belittle them, but uh, no, they were the leaders. They were the leaders. And of course, Glenn Youngkin, he seems like a very, very talented man. Now he, he will hold office for the first time in his life. He could have been doing a lot of things. I think he's worth like a half billion dollars. But you don't need that kind of money to succeed in politics. More on that in a moment. But first, apparently the idea to run started during a walk with his wife. We stand here this morning (laughs) at this defining moment. A defining moment that, yes, started with two people on a walk. And a defining moment that is now millions of Virginians walking together. Good for him. Good for us. I mean, Terry McAuliffe, what did he represent? Talk about a swamp guy. And you ever hear the left talk about racist dog whistles? You know how dog whistles work, right? You blow it, only the dogs hear it. Why is it that only liberals seem to hear those racist dog whistles? They love talking about them. He's ending his campaign on a racist dog whistle, just like he started the campaign. Now, when they start talking about racism, you'll know this, they're losing. And I think they're going to have to reevaluate this whole, everybody's a member of the Ku Klux Klan, but us, it's not working. Uh, Up in New Jersey, and it's not true, by the way, uh, Cettarelli, Jack Cettarelli is uh, just behind Phil Murphy. Now, Phil Murphy was supposed to win this thing by 10 points, but 
I knew that wasn't going to happen, actually. I've been talking about him fairly often. Uh, number one, Cedarelli is a good guy. I'm Jack Cedarelli. As governor, I'll shake things up in Trenton. We'll lower property taxes with a new school funding formula, create more good-paying jobs, and make government work for us, not the special interests. New Jersey, this election, we can change things. We can do better. When I'm governor, we will. Small businessman from New Jersey, uh, had a, a number of elected posts and uh, was ready for the big job. Came out with some reasonable proposals. What did the incumbent say about him? There's video, I've seen it with my own eyes, of you standing there with a Stop the Steal sign right beside you. There were Confederate flags. There were white supremacists. It's the exact same cocktail that led to, it was January 6th, by the way. It was January 6th, and it almost brought our democracy down. <laughs> Look at that. Uh, January 6th, white supremacists. Uh, that's a guy who's losing, and the whole argument is losing. You can't call people who aren't racist racist, okay? Stop doing that. Holman Jenkins, he writes for the Wall Street Journal. Brilliant guy. Today, he put it this way. Democrats can retire the white sheets. Good idea. Let's go inside this piece, if you don't mind. Slide one says this. He was elected Biden with a clear mandate for middle-of-the-road leadership, but can't seem to impose his will on anybody. Yeah, they got this problem at the top of the ticket. Next. It says, in his worst moments, he has lost sight of his natural place in the conversation and even who he is while trying to compensate by aping the attitudes and slogans of people whose agenda he doesn't really grasp. Yeah, AOC is running circles around him. Next, if Hillary Clinton adopted the losing strategy for Democrats of vilifying large chunks of the electorate, Mr. Biden seems to have internalized the bully who he thinks is always out there, ready to call him a racist deplorable at the drop of a hat. Yeah, everybody calling everybody a racist. It's really bad. It was interesting, though, to see the uh, mainstream media lose its mind last night and go to the old race card yet again. When this election is over in Virginia, we will know. Have we seen the emergence of the Delta variant of Trumpism? The Delta variant of Trumpism. In other words, Yunkin... Uh, same disease, but spreads a lot faster. This isn't a party that's just another political party that disagrees with us on tax policy. That at this point, they're dangerous. They're dangerous to our national security because stoking that kind of soft white nationalism eventually leads to the hardcore stuff. Some of it was dog whistle. Yeah. Right. Some of it was uh, dog whistle racism. A thousand percent. But I think we also see the enduring power of the culture wars, and the Republicans are better at playing this game because it's essentially white identity politics. That works for Republicans. Uh, white identity politics. Uh, Republicans, the ones I know, uh, and I know many, and I know, well, they're about ideas. Conservatives are about ideas, not what it looks like on the outside. And to this uh, woman, I'd like to uh, know if she's familiar with Winsome Sears. Are you familiar? Well, she's uh, on her way potentially to becoming a household name. She is the new lieutenant governor-elect in Virginia. She is a Republican. She is a Marine veteran. Her ancestors came from Jamaica, and she's totally, totally awesome. There are some who want to divide us, and we must not let that happen. They would like us to believe we are back in 1963 when my father came. 
We can live where we want. We can eat where we want. We own the water fountains. We have had a black president elected not once but twice, and here I am living proof. In case you haven't noticed, I am black, and I have been black all my life. And the crowd went wild. Great stuff. Great stuff. Um, meanwhile, in the swamp, even uh, so-called uh, Republicans, uh, Bush Republicans, whatever, this is Nicole Wallace. Um, she grew up a Republican. Uh, she was working for George W. Bush. She helped sell a lot of lies about the Iraq war, and she's furious about what happened last night. I watched Glenn Youngkin's interviews on Fox News, and he did nothing that Claire's, he did not, I mean, he worshiped at the altar of Donald Trump on Fox News. He flew an insurrection flag at his rallies. I think that the, the real ominous thing is that critical race theory which isn't real, turned the suburbs 15 points to the Trump insurrection endorsed Republican. What do Democrats do about that? About that, about that. Nicole has been cultivating powerful people for a long time to, well, make her life a lot better and she has succeeded. But critical race theory is a real thing it is being thrust upon our children, and real people stood up against it, and they are to be commended and admired. And one of my favorites, Tatiana Ibrahim from upstate New York. You're emotionally abusing our children and mentally abusing them. You're demoralizing them by teaching them communist values. This is still America, ma'am. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So, by the way, this may seem like it's happening at 50,000 feet. You know, Glenn Youngkin is, well, a half a billionaire. He's worth about $500 million. And I know that Joe Biden has taken notice of this all, and this is not good for him. And there he comes down off of uh, Air Force One. But this is happening to us, to people, and people can make a real significant difference that even these guys are going to find out about. I'd like to introduce you to a uh, Mr. Durr, D-U-R-R. Uh, he's a truck driver from New Jersey, and he just knocked out the president of the New Jersey State Senate, uh, a Democrat who's been there for about 20 years. Looks like he's going to pull it off. Hasn't quite done it yet. Very close, but it's looking very, very good. The guy spent 200 bucks on his campaign. He just had a few ideas, and he wanted to get him out there, and it looks like he just might win. Hello. My name is Edward Thur. I'm running for New Jersey State Senate. I've lived here all my life, raising my three kids. In 2020, my opponents sat by and watched as Governor Murphy forced nursing homes to take in COVID-19 patients, resulting in the death of over 8,000 of our seniors. He remained silent as Governor Murphy, with his lockdown and mandates, forced the closing of over one-third of our small businesses, costing New Jersey family thousands of jobs. He has done nothing as seven out of every 10 moves are leaving the state, placing a heavier burden on those of us who remain. The Senate president has spent 20 years in Trenton. Higher taxes, increasing debt, 
and a rising cost of living. We deserve better. New Jersey, it's time for a change. And there he goes. Let's end single-party rule. Vote for me, Edward Dare, for Senate. There he goes. I love it. And now it looks like he's knocking off a 20- or 30-year incumbent, guy who was one of the most powerful people in the entire state. Let's take a look at Sweeney, if you don't mind. He has been uh, in the middle of it all for a long, long time, very tight with the governor. And now it could be bye-bye. So regular people can do this as well. Uh, Ed Durr, good for you. And also, I think we owe a, uh, a quick thank you to Brandon. As you can hear the chants from the crowd, let's go, Brandon. Amazing. Politics can sometimes be a lot of fun. When we come back, Minneapolis, after burning down the police station, they actually decided... They still want a police department after all. Be right back. Real heroes. Real conflict. Real threats. Real heart. Now there's a place America gets its news. Newsmax. We're real news for real people. Millions are turning off the old channels and switching to Newsmax, the fastest growing cable news channel in America. No agenda, no spin, just the facts. Millions watch us, so can you. Newsmax, we are real news for real people. All I can say is, is that, that the fake news just doesn't get it, do they? <laughs> So Joe Biden is back in America. It is a very different America from the one he left. Uh, spoke to the media some time ago. By the way, the setup kind of looked like a department store where you were about to meet Santa Claus. This is that weird set they have kind of at the White House, but really next door. It's bizarre. He was asked about that whole $450,000 to each Illegal immigrants separated at the border. The Wall Street Journal reported this about 10 days ago or so. Uh, a lot of money, $450,000 per separated person. He says it's not true. There were reports that were surfacing that your administration is planning to pay illegal immigrants who are separated from their families at the border up to $450,000 each, possibly a million dollars per family. Do you think that that might incentivize more people to come over illegally? If you guys keep sending that garbage out, yeah, but it's not true. So this is a garbage report? Yeah. Okay. So $450,000 $450, per person. Is that what you're saying? That was separated from a family member at the border under, under the last administration. That's not going to happen. Okay, but this is not something that some blogger threw out there. This is the Wall Street Journal, and it's been out there for well over a week. The White House, they have a million ways to say a story isn't true or pushing back or fighting it. They didn't. Excuse me. They didn't. They let this one sit there. Seems to me that they were obviously considering it. Um, and then finally, in the end, they said no, because this would be really bad policy. But they chose to wait. I wonder why. All right. Now, up to Minneapolis, Minnesota. Remember when they burned down the police station and it was glorified by the fake news? This is all beautiful. This is all pushing back against police brutality. It was awful, obviously, destroying a police station like that. Turns out 
At the end of the day, the people in Minneapolis, they actually do want their police department. It was put on the ballot. Replace Minneapolis Police Department with a public safety department? 56% said no. But why did they get this far? How did it actually get on the ballot? Maybe when people like Joe Biden, for political reasons, said that he was all for defunding the police. He did. They become the enemy. They're supposed to be protecting these people. So my generic point is but that do we, we agree that we can redirect some of the funding. Yes, absolutely. Redirecting some of the funding. They were talking about defunding. Joe Biden said he was for it and every other Democrat, too. So many on the left. Suck it up. Defunding the police has to happen. We need to defund the police. Mayor Eric Garcetti saying, take some of the money from policing, about $150 million. I applaud Eric Garcetti for doing what he's done. Not only do we need to disinvest for in police, but we need to completely dismantle the Minneapolis Police Department. We will be moving funding from the NYPD to youth initiatives and social services. This kind of nonsense will get you attention and likes and retweets on Twitter, uh, but people don't support this. <laughs> people from all walks of life say, no, we need the police, and they probably should have more money, not less. Who should have less money? Actually, who should be out of business? The Lincoln Project. You know about these guys, a bunch of phonies. They said they were just opposed to Trump, Republicans who were opposed to Trump. Looks like they're just in favor of money and maybe even blowing up the whole system. They actively opposed uh, Glenn Youngkin in Virginia with a terrible, terrible fake news uh, campaign and really cheap political stunts. Take a look. Four years ago, anti-Semitism and bigotry invaded Virginia. You also had people that were very fine people on both sides. Now, that same ugliness has returned. The Virginia Republican Party has been exposed, sending anti-Semitic hate mailers. They manipulated a photograph to depict Lieutenant Colonel Helmer adoring piles of gold. The Washington Post writes, this anti-Semitism is classic and blatant. Glenn Youngkin refuses to denounce these hateful tactics. All right. No wonder he's Donald Trump. Wow, if you talk like this, you could really sell it. But Virginians wouldn't buy it, even if you talk like this and show grainy video, because it's all, it's all a lot of nonsense. The Lincoln Project also paid for these college students to put on some white Oxford shirts and pretend that they were white supremacists and show up at a Glenn Youngkin event. Really bad stuff. Actually, scandalous stuff. If this were done by Republicans, you know, getting Antifa people to sabotage a, a Democrat campaign, that would be a huge, huge story. This was barely a blip. But the people, they figured it out. Meanwhile, uh, he's not a blip. He's here to stay, it seems like. Colin Kaepernick, even though his football career is over, he's trying out, I don't know if this is acting or if he's playing himself or what, but uh, he stars in his own Netflix series, and uh, it's really bad. And it's not accurate. I mean, he's just saying things that don't add up. No one's looking online for the definition of a thug. 
the medium that informs us more than any other is television. Some people get called thugs just for standing up for their human rights, while others get called more polite terms. I've seen officers with their guns drawn in a confrontation with uh, these, these people who have, have entered the Capitol. This is a huge victory for these protesters. I know you pain. I know you're hurt. you you're very special but they think i'm a thug not because i'm a violent criminal because they said so wow it's so deep when he turns his head um by the way the nine the the, the january 6th folks <laughs> they're called insurrectionists they're called terrorists they're very seldom just called protesters they've been they've been told called much worse things than thug by the way what's wrong with thug I mean, really, it's, it's just a word. Barack Obama actually used it to describe himself. What was the young Barack like? You know, what, what were you like? And what, you know, everyone has sort of dreams or aspirations. Right. But, you know, what, what, what were your... Yeah, I, I think I was a thug <laughs> for, uh, for a big part of my uh, growing up. Now about that, okay? That was 2001. At that moment, by the way, he's the next president of the United States. He didn't know it. Nobody knew it, but somehow it happened. Okay, but he became president, and of course, he would never use a word like thug again, right? Wrong. It's people, a handful of people taking advantage of the situation for their own purposes, and uh, they need to be treated as criminals. A handful of uh, criminals uh, and thugs who, uh, who tore up the place. See, Colin Kaepernick, it's not everything's about race. Colin Kaepernick, not everything is about you either. Stay with us. A very important visit to the jail in Washington, D.C., where those January 6th protesters are being held. Marjorie Taylor Greene and Congressman Gohmert showed up. We'll tell you what happened. host of the Newsmax Daily Podcast. Tired of boring traditional news updates? How about one with a conservative point of view and it's actually funny? You can subscribe for free on the Apple Podcast app and it downloads directly to your smartphone so you can listen while driving, uh, to work, riding a bike, at the gym, or even while lobster fishing off the East Coast. Subscribe today with the Apple Podcast app or go to NewsmaxTV.com slash podcasts for other platforms. Something's coming. Dozens of protesters from January 6th we know are still in custody, even those who didn't break anything or hurt anybody. They're being held in a horrible, horrible facility in Washington, D.C. A judge actually found it so bad, and now the U.S. Marshal Service finds it so bad, they're moving prisoners out of there. Marjorie Taylor Greene and Congressman Gohmert showed up. They tried to get in. They've been trying to get in to take a look at this facility. It is a federal facility. They've been turned away every step of the way. Uh, 
but again, this facility is unsatisfactory. Everybody seems to uh, know that at this point. The warden has been held in contempt of court uh, because of what's happening there. And one particular um, detainee defendant is Christopher Worrell, a friend of uh, Newsmax. Uh, I mean, look, can we speak for everything that he did that day? No, but... Uh, my heart goes out to this guy. He has non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. He's being held in horrible, horrible conditions. And we talked to him, and it looks like he's one big step closer to freedom. Uh, and that would be great. That would be great because he's really, really suffering. We had him on the show a couple of months ago. How are you and how are the conditions? Well, my condition is deteriorating. Uh, daily, uh, and I've been, you know, held without any medical treatment for over 166 days now. Uh, the D.C. jail general practitioners have told me my doctor is not qualified, uh, and he's been practicing treating cancer patients for over 26 years, but here I am with no medicine on their end. Christopher Worrell may be out of jail sometime tomorrow. He's not out of the woods yet. He's still got a lot of charges hanging over his head. But it looks like uh, people are finally seeing the light, and uh, this guy needs some medical attention fast. And we're happy to uh, hear that. Hey, have you heard? A lot of folks are starting to say January 6th, there's a possibility that it was a false flag operation. Now, do you know what a false flag operation is? I actually had to look it up. It is this, a hostile or harmful action that is designed to look like it was perpetrated by someone other than the person or group responsible for it. All right? Interesting. And then you go after them because you say they're responsible for it. A lot of folks out there are starting to connect the dots, and they're saying January 6th may have been a false flag operation. Listen to this. The state party passed a resolution condemning 10 House Republicans who voted to impeach Trump, calling it a betrayal. Then dived into this conspiratorial lie about the insurrection, that there is growing evidence that the violence at the Capitol was a false flag operation designed to discredit President Trump. They can label it a lie without any investigation so far, but there are significant questions. And we've seen the videotapes, individuals that the FBI seems not interested in finding out anything about. People we saw agitating. Who are they? Where do they come from? These are legitimate questions, and they can dismiss it as a conspiracy theory as they do anything they don't like. It's a mistake. By the way, video from January 6th does show this. Peaceful protesters gathered, and then the police throw a stun grenade into the middle of the crowd. You guys started this. You guys started this. These are the kinds of things that any commission or committee should look into January 6th. No, they won't. They just want to know about what Trump said in his speech in October. It's not right. There's a real big case here. 
that has to be investigated, but not the way they're investigating it. Um, all those guys still in the jail, by the way, dozens of them. Just think about this. You're about to meet the mother of a young man who was killed by an illegal immigrant uh, in, a, in a motor vehicle accident. Uh, the guy was uninsured, unlicensed, had a prior felony conviction, and was in the country illegally, yet he only did 35 days in jail. The son's name is Dominic. We'll meet the mom, Sabina Durden Coulter, an angel mom, when we come back. When this election is over in Virginia, we will know, have we seen the emergence of the Delta variant of Trumpism? The Delta variant of Trumpism. In other words, Yunkin, uh, same disease, but spreads a lot faster. This isn't a party that's just another political party that disagrees with us on tax policy. That at this point, they're dangerous. They're dangerous to our national security because stoking that kind of soft white nationalism eventually leads to the hardcore stuff. Some of it was dog whistle. Yeah. Right. Some of it was uh, dog whistle racism. A thousand percent. But I think we also see the enduring power of the culture wars and the Republicans are better at playing this game because it's essentially white identity politics that works for Republicans. Well, the fake news was not happy last night, but uh, that actually makes me happy when they're not happy. I'd like to bring in our panel. we got Mark Simone from iHeartRadio, talk show host there, and also Charles Love, host of the Charles Love Show, and he's author of the upcoming Race Crazy, BLM 1619, the progressive racism movement. It comes out uh, in about three days, actually. Uh, welcome, gentlemen. Charles, first to you. I feel like... Uh, well, there are a lot of unhappy people. This uh, fake race narrative didn't seem to work out the way they wanted it to. Oh, those clips were beautiful. Greg, they were perfect. Because actually, if you think about it, what they said was correct until they got to the end with the white supremacy. They're right. This is all about culture and it's all about what's going wrong with the country. But they took the wrong um, conclusion away from it, right? They're the ones who are dangerous. They are the ones who are stoking, you know, racism and, and division. And people are, are are starting to figure it out. And, and you know, I don't know if it's a bellwether of the future. I won't go as far as Van Jones and his variant, but I will say that people get fed up with the uh, madness. And if you go too far, they, they they take it as a personal affront, and they will react. You know, uh, thank you, Charles. And Mark, you know, we're used to candidates saying horrible things about each other. That's fine. That happens. It's supposed to happen. But now they're saying like bad things about the voters, big blocks of voters like Trump supporters. You must be biggest. You must be racist if you sign up with this guy. And uh, something tells me that doesn't go over very well. Now, you know, I, I, they used to call you a racist. Now it's white supremacists. I know a news organization that wanted to go do a piece and interview some white supremacists. They couldn't find any. They didn't know where to find any. Uh, it, this whole thing is ridiculous. Uh, I, and I hate to dance on their graves, but you got wiped out last night. Just face it. You made it all about Trump. And Trump won. And while you're busy yelling white supremacy, the Republicans got the first black woman into the uh, governor's mansion as lieutenant governor, a Hispanic woman as the attorney general of Virginia. Uh, I, I mean, I don't know which side you would call racist. And she is great. She's uh, she's asked Joy Reid to debate her, which would be a perfect uh, segment for the show. Let's see if Joy Reid does the right thing and debates winsome.
Yeah, Winsome Sears. She is impressive. She's a former Marine. Uh, her dad, parents, I think, came from Jamaica. And actually, we have a clip of her speaking last night. It was something else. And you know what? I actually was watching TV. This was, by the way, a primarily white audience in terms of people in the room. But listen to how they react to her ideas and what she's saying. There are some who want to divide us, and we must not let that happen. They would like us to believe we are back in 1963 when my father came. We can live where we want. We can eat where we want. We own the water fountains. We have had a black president elected not once but twice, and here I am living proof. In case you haven't noticed, I am black, and I have been black all my life. Charles, the uh, Democrats, they are desperately looking for these racists, but here she is in a room full of white people, and they absolutely love her, and they love what she stands for. It seems to me like it's a fiction, but maybe I'm, uh, maybe I'm going too far. Uh, what are your thoughts on, on her and what you saw right there? Well, I think white supremacists are a funny group. That's what I think. I think that they uh, have some way of knowing they hate blacks so much that they can tell by looking at you if you're a black that they can like or one that they can't like. It's absolutely ridiculous. It's good, you know, good for her. But I don't think that this is a, a it's some kind of indication on the country moving towards Republicans. Of course, this is a culture problem, and at some point people are gonna get fed up with what's happening. That's what I keep telling you. You and I have talked before and I talk about liberals. I separate them from the left. And I think at some point, some liberals are some, somewhere sitting around saying, you know, I don't like Greg Kelly and I don't like Republicans. But you know what I like worse? Being called a Republican, I mean, being called a white supremacist, even though I don't agree with them, just because I don't like what my kids are being taught in schools. That attack on the parents is killer. And if they keep that up, and some of them are doubling down. They're just saying, no, oh, those are just white supremacist, you know, soccer moms coming out, you know, voting for the white man, you know, ignoring the black uh, lieutenant governor candidate. So that's the problem. If you keep attacking people and beating the racial horse, people are going to just throw up their hands and either not vote or say, I'm voting against you because you are too divisive. Very interesting. Yeah, Mark, I think there are there are liberals out there who are uncomfortable with the current conversation about race, which uh, paints with a pretty broad brush. Yeah, but don't tell them. This is a bad playbook. It doesn't work. Let's let them keep using it. It's uh, I mean, this was the dumbest race ever. You know, they, they declare war on the parents and they defend the teachers. There's a lot more parents than teachers. For every teacher in the classroom, there's 60 parents. It, it, the math doesn't even work out. And, and to call everybody white supremacists, to go after the parents, it's just war on the suburbs. And that's where the battle is won in the suburbs. So uh, hopefully this will be the end of the Lincoln Project. They pretend they're a Republican, former, I, I, you know, they're, they're conservative, but they don't like Trump. All right. But they came out full steam against Glenn Youngkin with such an over-the-top ad right out of Saturday Night Live. Listen to this and listen to the tone of the guy's voice. Four years ago, anti-Semitism and bigotry invaded Virginia. You also had people that were very fine people on both sides. Now, 
That same ugliness has returned. The Virginia Republican Party has been exposed, sending anti-Semitic hate mailers. They manipulated a photograph to depict Lieutenant Colonel Helmer adoring piles of gold. The Washington Post writes, this anti-Semitism is classic and blatant. Glenn Youngkin refuses to denounce these hateful tactics. No wonder he's Donald Trump's candidate. This is no longer a campaign. It is a movement. Glenn Youngkin has told us. When you use a voice like this, I think <laughs> I want to, I, I used to take him seriously, maybe when I was eight years old. But Charles Love, I think that on his surface, I mean, people are too smart. They can't be manipulated like this anymore. Oh, that commercial was terrible. The, the, those people are bad. You know, I, I don't classify myself as a Republican, so I don't get into that. I don't really care. What I find interesting are these people who call themselves conservative, but all they do is talk about Trump. Okay, he's horrible. He's gone, if that's what you believe. But that's all they talk about. They live, eat, and sleep Trump, which seems silly. But there's another thing that I think no one's talking about. As much as they tried to push Youngkin towards Trump, how about the fact that Obama's love, whatever you, whether you like him as conservatives or not, people love Obama. I, I admit they do. Yet, what no one seems to realize is that Obama's gold dust doesn't rub off. So they keep bringing him out and everybody, even though people love him, the polls say he's the most admired person in the world. But every time he stomps for someone, the needle doesn't move because they like him. They don't like what he believes. Yeah, I uh, me, I actually don't like him anymore <laughs> as, a, as a person. He just became so aloof and uh, I don't think he cares about anything much other than money and himself and his workouts, but- But they keep bringing him out and it doesn't work. And it doesn't work, you're right, you're right. We have to leave it there. Charles Love, we appreciate it. Your book is coming out uh, November 9th in six days. Let's see it one more time. Race Crazy, BLM, 1619, and the Progressive Racism Movement. We'll be looking for that. And Mark Simone, find him on iHeartRadio. You guys are the best. We thank I, you to be continued. And I we'll got to write a book. Yeah, please. <laughs> we'll buy a few of these. <laughs> you guys. We'll be right back. Wall Street Journal reported this uh, last week that the Biden administration is considering offering $450,000 to each separated person at the border. Illegal immigrants averaging $1 million per family. 940 families reportedly filed claims. Eligible for families separated in 2017 and 2018. Totally ridiculous, uh, but it just sat there as an idea for days and day, almost a week, the Biden administration did nothing to push back on this story. They were asked about it, they were asked about it. Finally today, amid the uh, political news, Joe Biden did say this. There were reports that were surfacing that your administration is planning to pay illegal immigrants who are separated from their families at the border up to $450,000 each, possibly a million dollars per family. Do you think that that might incentivize more people to come over illegally? If you guys keep sending that garbage out, yeah, but it's not true. So this is a garbage report? Yeah. Okay. So $450,000 $450, per person. Is that what you're saying? That was separated from a family member at the border under, under the last administration. That's not going to happen. If it's such garbage and it's going to incentivize people to come here, why didn't the Biden administration put it out, put that rumor to rest right away? 
This wasn't from some blogger somewhere. This was from the Wall Street Journal. A lot of folks would have been reassured potentially. We'd like to uh, tell you about Sabina Durden Coulter. We'll be meeting her in just a moment. Well, here she is right now. Uh, Tragically, she lost her son in July of 2012. His name was Dominic. He was 30 years old, a sheriff's dispatcher, and um, he was killed in a motor vehicle accident. It was the fault of an illegal immigrant who had been deported twice to Guatemala, had a prior felony conviction, but was still in this country. Uh, Sabina Durden Coulter, we're so sorry for your loss. You are what we call an angel mother or an angel mom. Welcome to Newsmax. How are you? Thank you, Greg. And thank you for giving Dominic and myself a voice. Of course, of course. What happened should not have happened. Uh, I am curious, though, when you heard about the proposal that has been circulating for about a week now, all this money for illegal immigrants, what was your reaction? Well, at first I thought it was a bad joke. I thought it was Babylon B or somebody. But then when I realized it was for real, I thought of all the families that I know, all the angel moms and dads. There are thousands of us. And I wondered, which line can we get in? to get money because we've been separated forever from our children. Only fair. Only fair indeed. And obviously, uh, they were thinking about doing something. I mean, they could have they could have uh, put this story to bed right away, but they didn't. It was out there. And now that we have the election results from last night, I think that may have had something to do with where we are now. But they, they clearly were considering something. Would you agree? Yeah, yes, I agree. And I also think that sometimes uh, Biden or Brandon, as I call him, (laughs) doesn't really know sometimes what the left hand is doing with the right hand. So they might have had something planned. Maybe they told him he forgot while getting some ice cream. But it's an incentive, like Peter Ducey said. They hear it and they think every illegal will get $450,000 because we're just giving this country away to all the illegals flooding in here. President Trump, when he was in office, spoke about the angel moms uh, so often. And you were at an event, I believe, a couple of years ago. Uh, We won't be able to see you, but he's speaking just a few feet away from you uh, about this, uh, this situation. These are the American citizens permanently separated from their loved ones. The word permanently being the word that you have to think about, permanently. They're not separated for a day or two days. They are permanently separated because they were killed by criminal illegal aliens. And and there you are with the president. I mean, not only was he working to fix these problems, but acknowledging them, acknowledging them so powerfully. uh, uh, Greg, he was the only one, the only and the first one that ever acknowledged any of us, angel moms, dads, families, Um, before we were just ignored. And I got to meet President Trump a few times. Uh, I was at the RNC at the inauguration and at the White House. And he truly felt for us. He has children. He knows that that is the worst fear of any parent, to lose your child. And then the slap in the face of this legal immigrant. I have my son's ashes in this urn. This is all I have. And people need to wake up because it affects every American citizen, no matter where they live. Illegals travel, and they will be in your hometown, in your neighborhood. I understand you came to our country, uh, our country, yours and mine, from Germany. 
And uh, it right. took you, uh, took you uh, how many years to become a citizen? Took me six years and a lot of money, a lot of testing, medical testing. I had to have sponsors. I had to have money. And it was okay to do that because I wanted to earn to be here and become a citizen. And I did it. And I'm, I'm very proud. And I take this flag behind me very serious. Let's keep the conversation going. Uh, Sabina, it's very nice to meet you. Sabina Durden Coulter. Her son was Dominic. If we could take another look at him. Looked like a great guy. A law enforcement, an up-and-comer in law enforcement. He was just 30 years old. And uh, all our best, Sabina. Uh, our condolences, of course, but to be continued. Thank you so much, Greg. I appreciate okay, you. Okay, you bet. We'll be right back. Thank you. As you can hear the chants from the crowd, let's go, Brandon. A big election day is over. We can't let this Brandon thing go away. I love it. And Governor DeSantis, uh, I think he loves it, too. This happened uh, a little while ago. When you look at the Biden, the Brandon administration... The Brandon administration? Should we start calling it the Brandon administration? I love it. I love it. Thanks for watching. We'll see you tomorrow. And uh, Stinchfield's next.